Hello. You are about to travel through the sixth dimension. In its fullness exists cinema entertainment that creates many forms, all while maintaining the same purpose, to tell and explore magnificent stories of the burden of existence. This is a dimension of imagination. Your hosts, Adam and Bailey, will do their best to guide you through vast perspectives in cinema that create new dimensions for all to admire. Welcome to AB Cinema. Hello and welcome to AB Cinema. I'm your host, Bailey. And I'm Adam. And you are listening to AB Cinema. Thank you guys for tuning in. It's been a while since we've recorded an episode, but we're back. We're back for The Last of Us, and it's a new year, a new start, so we'll see what we we can bring to you guys this year. But Adam, how are you doing? Honestly, I'm I'm doing pretty good, Bailey. I uh, I'm in a new place. I've moved since uh, last I recorded. I'm now located in Las Vegas, and so you know, city of sin, uh, the city of giant IMAX theaters with 3D. So Avatar Two was great, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm in a new place and I'm loving it thus far. That's awesome. I'm I'm really happy for you. I'm still Thank in you. Idaho. <laughs> still in <laughs> Idaho Falls. Never gonna leave yeah. here. Um. But let's kick it off with some news real quick. The Mandalorian Season 3 trailer dropped literally about an hour before we're recording this. So, I don't know, did you get the chance to watch this trailer yet? No, I, I did not get the chance to record to watch it yet. Have, so, you seeing it, give me some of your impressions, though. What did you think? Uh, this, this does look like it's going to be the most action-packed of all of the seasons so far. It, it definitely feels more... Um, Star Wars slash Marvelist in terms of action compared to the Western that we've gotten the last couple of seasons. So I'm I'm curious to see how this switch of pace is going to go, but I'm excited to see it. And in the trailer, we, we see that Din is going to go to Mandalore to be, get, to be forgiven of his sins. To, but, oh my gosh, I can't talk. It has been a while since I've recorded. Um... He's going back to Mandalore to be forgiven of his sin of taking his helmet off, which we saw the repercussions of in book, the Book of Boba Fett. And we may be getting some flashbacks to Order 66 or the Jedi's role in the politics of Mandalore, which is something we saw a little bit in the Clone Wars TV show. So I'd be curious to see a little bit more of the history between the Jedi and Mandalorians in this season. It looks like it's going to be heavily involved in the lore of Mandalore, which I ex- I'm excited for that. I think not just you. I think a lot of people are excited about that because I, 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 I don't know a whole lot about Mandalore, but that that idea and the politics and all that stuff that's explored that you probably know a lot about because you watched Rebels and um, the Clone Wars. Uh, but for me, like that kind of stuff seems like interesting to explore in in a live action Star Wars show, you know? Yeah. I would compare it to like I haven't seen Game of Thrones and I never will. But from what I hear about what that show is like with all of the different families and the tension between everyone and what I've heard and read about the show, I feel like this season is going to be like a a PG version of it or a PG-13 version of of how the clans interact and i'm curious to see this go forward and yeah it's exciting 
But I think we should move on. The, the Golden Globes and the Critics' Choice Awards happened in the last two weeks, and we saw big wins for Brendan Fraser, Ki Hoi Kwan, Michelle Yeoh, and Austin Butler. And my thoughts are, what do you think this is going to mean for the Oscars season? I think what's interesting is, I mean, in terms of the Golden Globes, I believe, Austin Butler won for Best Actor in a Drama, even though they have mm-hmm. the musical or comedy section. And I think that was an interesting, you know, that he got lumped into that. Because I don't know. Do you think Elvis is more of a musical or? I Or do you, do you feel I like it would fit either so. one of those? Okay. Say, I, I, say I, I don't I mean, think so because it's not like, like it didn't feel like The Greatest Showman or anything like that. The musical numbers were, it, yeah, it didn't feel like a musical to me. It was more, I, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah, so I mean, I, I as far as I can tell, though, Brendan Fraser is still the front runner for the Oscars thus far. Uh, we'll see as more award shows keep going. Kiwi Kwan seems like a lock for Best Supporting Actor, and Michelle Yeoh is leading actress. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that one that one might be hard because what I've heard and I've yet to see Tar, and I feel like I have to get around to watching it. But it seems like Kate Blanchett is pretty much a lock as well. Yeah. I haven't seen Tar either. I did see Brendan Fraser in uh, in The Whale. And while I didn't like the movie, his performance was absolutely astonishing and one of the best I've seen in years. So I'm, I'm just curious to see his reaction, if he does go, because he's said some stuff about... He's had a controversial history with the the Hollywood Foreign Press, and so I'm I'm curious to see if he'll even show up but I, I, let's move on to, to some happy news as well. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania tickets are now on sale following the trailer that was released that last week. Adam, we, we didn't do an episode last week, but what did you think of this trailer? Um, You know, I it's really hard. And something that you said today, probably more so about how uh, what, what's written here in the notes as well is how I think one of the writers was saying, you know, what if Ant-Man was in an Avengers movie by himself? Uh, and your thoughts that, you know, maybe that could be interesting. It gives me a little bit of hope, and it looks like a more serious uh, superhero movie that we've had, or, you know, maybe a more focused and maybe pushing really forward the plot of this next phase. But um, I don't know. It's it's really hard for me. I feel, I feel like this, my wife said, this movie just looks like a giant acid trip of a movie in terms of, you know, the quantum realm and what's happening and stuff. But I, I do like Paul Rudd, and I hope, and more importantly, I think we both said this, I really am a big fan of Jonathan Majors. So I'm I'm highly anticipating what he'll bring to this movie as, as Kang. And I don't know, like, I feel like this, this movie is kind of a make or break for me in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What about you, Bailey? Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for this movie. Like the next two movies are probably my most anticipated movies of Phase Five at the moment, um, because we don't have any Avengers movies in this in this phase, and Captain America just seems like it's gonna be. I I have thoughts on that. There's been a lot of news the last couple of months, and I don't know how it's gonna be, but I I really am excited to finish up the Guardians trilogy and the Ant-Man trilogy, and to be introduced to this big bad again, the actual big bad is Kang the Conqueror, and Jonathan Majors portraying this character, I'm very excited for it. Um, 
I did read the Secret Wars comic from 2015, which is loosely based on what they're doing with the next two Avengers movies. And so I'm very intrigued just for that reason. And I'll stick it out till the Avengers movies at least. But I'm also really nervous because I know they're going to be making over like a couple hundred hours of, of footage of the MCU over the next couple of years. It's just daunting. And the only reason I've said this before, and I know you just said it, is Jonathan Majors. I loved him in Devotion, and I think that he's going to bring a really intriguing performance as King the Conqueror. And I'm very excited for that. But we'll just have to wait and see in one month. So Avatar, The Way of Water, is set to become the sixth highest grossing film of all time, passing Spider-Man No Way Home within the day. Um, it, it's looking as if it may pass it last night or even later today. But we'll just have to wait to see those box office numbers come in. This movie has been a train. It's been just chugging along, and it's been nonstop. And in order to become the highest grossing film of all time, it's going to have to be Avengers Infinity War, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Titanic, which is also set to get another release next month following the 25th anniversary, Avengers Endgame, as well as the first Avatar movie. Adam... I gave the audience my review, my reaction to the Avatar Way of Water movie, but what did you think of it? I thought, give me more of that whale messing everything up, because that was easily the sickest part of that movie. Um, I liked the visuals, and the frame rate was a little, you know, it went back and forth, and I felt like I just wish the whole movie was uh, one frame rate, but... um, like I noticed when it happened initially and then I think I feel like it kind of lost its luster but yeah I don't know I felt like graphically or visually it was an amazing movie but I didn't really care too much about uh the people or the story and that might be bad about me maybe that's a me thing but I felt like uh yeah um I just yeah if the story was a little bit better if the characters I cared about more um but I don't know I I feel like it was it was kind of to some degree almost a rehash of the first one like you have to learn this culture now, but it was, it was good. I think it was good. I don't, yeah. Do I think it was the best movie made last year? No. But do I think visually it was the greatest movie made last year? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Maybe the last decade, but yeah, easily. But this, yeah, I agree with you. The story was very simple. It was very much a rehash of the last one, but I, I, I connected way more to the family elements of the film. I, I, I liked that aspect of it and so i did enjoy those elements but i do think that the story itself was a little weak especially with Korich, the villain but let's just move on to the main topic of today's episode the last of us the hbo max original adaptation of the last of us playstation video game released last night for us that are recording it right now two nights ago for you guys listening and I have to say that the premiere episode was a success in my eyes. Adam, what was your initial reaction? Uh, first, I want to state, this is probably... I am. I don't think I'm anticipating anything more this year than this show. I, but the reason I say it is because, Bailey, I was in high school, and I played this game, and it, like, 
struck me in such a profound way. And I feel like even to this day, it's probably one of my favorite pieces of art, the game that I had ever experienced, you know, amongst movies and shows and, and, and the games like it, this, that was one of, that was easily a high point for me. And so, you know, I felt like the show had been talked the, the, the mood, the game had been talked about being made into a movie and then maybe you show, and you know, I felt like it was always on the periphery or, you know, the edge of the conversation, but it was never being made. And then when it was announced that it would be made and that Craig Mazin from Chernobyl was going to be in it, I was excited because Chernobyl was great. And I think much like you, this first episode is, is it's very, it, it's good. Like it sets up the world. It introduces you to these characters and, you know, you get a little familiar. Um, I guess my, my only thing is that I play, you know, I played the game at least three times. Um, and I feel like, you know, I always want to get to other stories that happen in the game. Uh, because when I, when I play the game, this first part that we're in right now, I feel like is, the, is the sloggiest, you know, like the slowest part of the game for me. But even then, like it only gets better. And what they've done with this so far is, is so good, you know? So I, I, I you know, I, I just love this. I loved it too. Like, like you said, I, I, I played this game when I was in high school as well. And I first played it at a friend's home and he introduced it to me and said that this was the greatest game he's played. And, and I, I was like, well, I guess I should give it a try. And it freaked me out so much because he had me start at the zombies. I didn't start it from the beginning. I just started in the middle. And over the years, I had just watched a couple of cutscenes, and I was like, okay. When they announced this show, I was like, I gotta, I gotta play this game all the way through. And so I bought a PS5. I got The Last of Us. He, and you bought a PS5 just for The Last of Us, right? Not for the Spider-Man. <laughs> well, Spider-Man was another reason. <laughs> Sorry but, to interrupt. Continue. No, you're good. The Last of Us, in my opinion, is one of its peak storytelling. I, I think that it, it's a story that transcends... It's better than most movies out there. And the story is just... It's powerful. It's controversial. And it creates conversation about morality and and what what is morally acceptable when when having a difficult decision placed before you. And what it what family means. And... I think that this story is, I'll say it, I will die on this hill, the greatest story of any video game I've ever played. But the cast, I, I have to say the cast is in this show, I, I know that there were a lot of people that were really worried about the, the race swapping of Joel and some other characters as well, and the casting of, of Ellie, but what were your thoughts on on uh, Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. Well, first off, um, I think I was I was kind of taken aback because even they did it with Gabrielle Luna too. I think uh, not Gabrielle Luna. Who's who's playing it Tommy? It is Gabrielle Luna. Okay, Gabrielle Luna. Uh, Diego Luna is the other one, right? That's an Andor. Yes. Um, but yeah, they. I think even for me, you know, as somebody who played the game, they did Gabrielle Luna, who also is um, Hispanic. Uh, you know, but like. 
I love Pedro Pascal. So the more I got to know him, the more I was like, I don't care. I just want to see him in this role. Uh, Pedro Pascal, in this episode, you know, he he has moments of to shine. And he has, toward the, toward the back half of the episode, he is more subtle in things that he does. But it's it's great. And I love him. And Bella Ramsey thus far is is doing great justice to Ellie. But yeah, I, I mean, again, I feel like we'll we'll be able to see more how they perform in these roles as the show develops, as the show continues. Um, but so far, I mean, like I said, it's like it's such a great start. It's a good introduction to them. I would agree. I I loved uh, Ellie's introduction with her counting to 10. <laughs> that was just, it, it really captures the character. And really, I think that that scene alone just put people at ease with with her in the role. And I've loved Pedro Pascal since I saw him on The Mandalorian. I know he was on Game of Thrones, but I didn't watch that. I saw his death scene on YouTube, but that's about all I've seen of Game of Thrones. And I'm, I think that he, he captures Joel very well. Um, it didn't seem like he had a ton of dialogue in this episode, but it was like a movie length episode. So it, it added up every interaction that he had with every other character with, um, what's his brother's name again? Tommy. Tommy. His interactions with Tommy at the very beginning and, and Sarah as well. It, it just, every moment that he had really built his character up and explained why he's so hard in the future and I love that and I I'm very excited to see the chemistry between Joel and Ellie throughout all of this and I I'm just excited to see this play out over the next eight weeks I believe what did you think about this story so far they they took some creative liberties with the virus or the okay. not the virus the infection and the opening 30 minutes as well I'll just share my thoughts. The the first 30 minutes with um, with Sarah, played by Nico Parker, I thought it was very fascinating that they made it seem like she was going to be the protagonist of the show for people who haven't played the game. So if, if you're just watching this for the first time, it makes you think like, oh, he, this is the main character. She's the one that we're going to be following. She's the one that is with Pedro Pascal's character. And then we're, we're going into spoilers on this, for the episode at least. And then when she dies, man, that, w- that was brutal, first of all, seeing her, her die and watching Joel's reaction to that. And I loved that twist that the show had. We got more time with Sarah and, and her relationship with Joel and her getting him the birthday gift and and that movie that that he really liked that 80s movie and it was just a really fun and interesting and exciting twist that we didn't get in the video game what did you think of that yeah i think it's you know some of those things they changed a little bit of what happened in between the game and the movie as well or the game and the show as well um but yeah they gave you a little bit more time there were things that were ripped straight out of the game uh, like, you know, I think in the game they do watch that movie and she does fall asleep on the couch, but, you know, she doesn't find, you know, they don't show her finding it next door, all those things. But, I mean, I just love that, yeah, they, they showed her and they spent a lot of time with her. 
And they even spent a little bit more time setting up like uh, Tommy and Joel and uh, her, uh, Nick, uh, Sarah's relationship uh, and the way that they all interacted as a family unit. And, you know, I just, I just thought that was super good. And, and even then, you know, Pedro Pascal does great in that little bits where, you know, he's, he's trying to, you know, she's, she's super good to him. Almost like, I don't know. She's almost just like wise beyond her years and knows that her father needs some sort of help or he needs someone to kind of be there. And she, and she's provides that stability for him. And Pedro Pascal is always working and he, you know, forgets things, but he does love to spend time with his daughter. And it's, it's beautiful in that. And, and then, yeah, I will say I've cried twice in relation to the last of us the first was the first time i played this game and then the second was when i watched this first episode and i'll, and I'll say i was surprised that i actually cried because i like i said i played the game at least three times and the first time it got me and then i was like all right i know it's coming and i was coming i knew it was coming in this but it just it just hit me it was it's devastating and it, that's you know but i mean the story grows from here you know yeah i would agree and that was it was so brutal just ripping my heart out again when when he turns to look at uh, oh my gosh i'm missing his name again tommy when he looks at tommy and then looks back at sarah and you see the life leave her it, it first of all nico parker did a, an amazing job in that death scene she did phenomenal with the pain that she was feeling and and then joel with the reaction that he had it was just it was brutal, it was intense, and it was necessary for us to feel for this character and to understand why he's so hard, why he's willing to throw a random kid in a fire pit who who was infected. And you know what and, else, though, that I really liked is that scene where they're driving in the car. It's like, I you know, you, you play that in, in the game, and the cameras are very much the same as they are in the show. But, like, I told my wife at some point, I, I thought, I know this is not the first time I've seen this, but this is very intense as they're driving through the city, you know? Yeah, I would agree. It was it was really intense just seeing everybody run out of that, that theater, the bar, and him carrying Sarah through the the diner. It was it was very intense, but it was really good. Very well done. It Honestly, I, I like the changes that they made for this show for television it felt very much acceptable because uh, like the for if they were to do a copy copy and paste from the game it just wouldn't work out as well and so i think that a lot of the changes that they made there's i wanted to bring this up but there's some scenes with um uh, well, I am blanking on everybody's names right now. <laughs> it's all right. Just talk. T- just talk to me, and I'll tell the, you. Is it Marlene? The leader of, yeah, Marlene. Yeah, yeah. The backstories that we got with her and her having Ellie there, and the conversations that she was having with everybody else, it was different from what we got in the video games because we were playing it from the perspective of Joel, or Sarah at the beginning, and so it was really interesting and fascinating to get that extra backstory of all these different characters so we have more of a connection to them it's it's way more fitting for the whole story in this format which we didn't get in the video game and i like that i like that added depth that we're getting from these characters it's going to provide more emotional pull for 
things that happen later on in the story in part two and I'm I'm very excited to see this whole thing pan out because I've loved the liberties that they've taken with these characters. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that you that we haven't mentioned here, one of the changes they did is right from the beginning. And I personally loved that intro. I feel like that was almost very Chernobyl, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like that had to have been like a Craig Mazin idea or, or something, but I just loved that intro. I, what did you think about that, where they're talking about, you know, that virus and, and the fungal infection and all of that? I loved it. I, I thought the parallels between the audience, the, that, that was the thing that stuck out to me the most. The audience was just so dead focused on this conversation, and they, were, they weren't caring about it and it was just fascinating to me the the interaction between the interviewer um, who plays a character on Silicon Valley or Silicon and and the doctor and it was interesting because like I loved how they twisted a little bit of the the introduction of the virus or the infection and how he explained like well if the world were to get hotter then the conditions would be right for a fungal infection to to come up and we know from learning we we know that the world has gotten hotter in the last 30 to 40 years and so it's just it's interesting it's fascinating i thought it was a great introduction and something very different that i wasn't expecting from from the show i i also liked um speaking of the infection the opening moment of the adlers when when sarah goes over to her home to visit her and to make the cookies i really enjoyed the it was it was gruesome but the death scene of the adlers and grandma chewing on them chomping on them with her tendrils coming out of her mouth it was it was a unique way of showing how this this infection transfers from one person to another rather than through the spores like we saw in the video game. Yeah, and I know that was a, a big discussion and change that the showrunner and um, that Craig Mazin and um, Neil Druckmann had talked about. But I also, one of the things that I noticed in this scene in particular, probably a little bit before this scene actually happened, but when she goes over earlier in the day and is talking with Miss Adler and making the cookies and she goes in and is looking at the movies how in the background she like start like that that horror element that kicked in i think my wife and i were sitting there watching it and she goes am i going to be scared by this is this going to scare me and i think it's such like a it's a brilliant move because i don't think i was ever scared playing the game i could be wrong i think at times things were horrifying just in terms of you know as we as the show develops you'll see what i mean by that but just I, I never felt scared. I was more like horrified or disgusted, you know, by by other things. But like I felt like in that moment I was like, oh, this is like this is horror. And it made the moment when she went back to the Adlers that much more intense. And I just love that like infusion of horror that translates so well into this show. I agree. I I I it was intense and honestly it reminded me of it chapter two when we see Jessica Chastain's character in that old lady's home. Yeah. And in the background, we see Pennywise running around. And 
that's what that scene reminded me of. And I was like, that is like the perfect introduction to seeing how this virus started. And we also got a glimpse of it at the, at the school as well. When the reflection, the light reflecting off of that girl's bracelet, she was twitching. And that was one of the things, one of the, the beginnings, the uh, symptoms of this infection is the twitching. And so it was, it was really fascinating to see all of the teases that they had for this infection. And there were even, I, I'm just, I'm curious to see how this is going to go about. Like, are they going to even reveal where this infection started? I saw a YouTube comment on a, a video breakdown earlier today. And they were saying like, what if this fungal infection came from flour? And it was kind of a blessing in disguise that Joel and Sarah didn't eat a cake or anything like that. And so it was something small, but it, and it would, it's plausible that this infection could come from Africa or whatever, wherever it was and whenever that happened. But I, I really enjoyed the introduction of the infection. I thought that it was a great addition from a change from the game to the movie or the show. But another thing that I thought was really interesting was the music and the, and the codes from Bill. One thing that I really enjoyed about this whole scene with Ellie was that it felt very much like the video game where you're exploring, you're learning about the world, you're going through drawers and you're opening things up and searching for items. And it really felt very much like that. And mm -hmm. thank you for correcting that song. I couldn't remember what it was. Um, <laughs> I had to shazam it because I had to know what era it was from. <laughs> I needed yeah. to know what Bill was saying. <laughs> yeah. And so I think the, the song that she said to Joel was the Wake Me Up Before You Go Go. Yeah. But then the Depeche Mode song at the very end. You're, you're right. And so that whole experience was really fun. And it, it really felt like I was in the video game. And I really love, I'm excited to see Bill and his storyline. It mm -hmm. seems like it's going to be a lot more emotional than, than it was in the game because we'll have more time with him. Yeah. And, um, something else that I liked just in that scene alone was that it, again, it showcased how smart Ellie can be and how, you know, Joel, um, how, how dismissive Joel is, at, is of her at this point, you know, but you know, it shows that Ellie is, Ellie is pretty intelligent for her age and, um, and could prove to be an asset later on, you know? Who knows? Yeah, and that song from Depeche Mode playing at the end, Neil Druckmann, or not, it, it might have been Craig Mazin that said this, but it was intentional to play that song, and it's something that we're going to see come back in a future episode. Hmm. That's interesting. I love that. I'm, I'm thinking that we're going to be spending quite a bit of time with Bill, more, more than what we got in the game. Yeah. And, I mean, they, they cast, uh, oh my gosh, Ron Swanson. Nick, uh, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman, yeah. And he's a great actor. I think he's going to do great in Bill's role. And I, I hope that we get introduced to him in the next episode. But I, I'm very excited to see the changes that they make to his character. My overall thoughts on this show... I think that the changes that they made were better suited for a TV show rather than a video game. Mm -hmm. We got a lot more depth and more time with these characters. And it, it helped me to feel like I was more immersed in this world of The Last of Us. Yeah. And I'm 
I'm anticipating heartbreak and a story that is just going to be, it's going to rip my heart out again and make me really feel for Joel and Ellie's characters and the journey that they're about to embark on. Yeah, so, I mean, as we're talking about our overall thoughts, there's only one thing I want to mention, and again, it's not like a huge knock, but the only part of the episode where I found myself wanting more, I suppose, is in the scenes where they're sneaking out of the city. That that was, at worst, the most or the biggest time when I felt like this was just straight out of the video game, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And the only way that I compare it to is... I, I was talking with it and comparing it to Chernobyl last night, but even in the for, in this episode, at the beginning when Sarah goes into the neighbor's house and she's um and looking at talking with the Adlers and all of that, you know you feel the intensity she's going through the house even when she first sets in because you know what's in there, you know something's wrong, and I felt like in that moment when they were like sneaking around, it, first off it felt very video gamey to me, but I didn't feel like there was that immediate tension. Or you know why do they need to be sneaking? But uh, but again that was very moment that was very momentary. Um, but yeah, but other than that, I I, I feel like I, I do, yeah I love I love everything so far. And from what I've heard, you you brought you said it too. First off, they released the whole show to critics and let the critics give their full reviews of the show a week in almost an entire week in advance. So. I feel like they're very confident with this. I've also heard that Nick Offerman's episode as Bill is phenomenal. And I just hear as well that, you know, these, this, the show gets better from, I've read somewhere that the show from episode one gets even better. So I just, I can't wait. And I just, again, I've said it. I think this is the thing I've most been anticipating this year. So. I agree. This is probably my, what a way to start off the year. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Yeah. The Last of Us, if if this is the peak of 2023, it's going to suck. Yeah, I hope it's not, but I I know what you mean. I agree. And I'm not it, The Last of Us won't suck, but the rest of the year is just <laughs> No, no, you said it, Bailey. It's on pod. Every, <laughs> everything will be Morbius from now on. So, please no. Get ready. I am very excited. I'm 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 anticipating a lot of heartbreak, but I'm I'm ready for it. I'm ready to see I'm going to I'm going to cry during this. I know I will. And I'm curious to see how the next season or seasons are going to go. I I'm sure they'll split part 2 up into two seasons if it just fits the narrative very well. But I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see how this is all going to play out over the next couple of years. And if and if you don't mind, my last thought is if you've, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about watching the show or thinking about X, Y, and Z, like, I'm just so excited that this story gets to get told on HBO, um, that people can stream it, and then it can reach a wider audience of people who hadn't had the opportunity to play it before. Because I love this thing, and the reviews are saying, r- critically, it's getting praised, and I just. I'm just happy thus far, and I just want more of it. What grade would you give the premiere? Um, probably if I had to give it like like a letter grade, I'd probably give it like an A minus, you know, or maybe a B plus yeah. somewhere in there. Just I was um, gonna say a ninety, an A. 
Yeah, it's it minus. It, it's it's like the intro, the the intro, and the Sarah scenes, and some of the scenes where they're interacting with Joel and Ellie um, are great. You know, the whole Robert side story I forget about. Um, sneaking out of the city I kind of forget about. But like, but the moments when they hit are such highs that that's really what elevates it for me, you know? I agree. Well, I'm very excited, and I can't say that enough, but we have to wrap up our our podcast today. Thank you guys for returning, but you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, or you can email us at abcinema.pod at gmail.com. Thank you once again. Have a wonderful day. Share this with your friends, and as always... Keep watching movies.